Hey, where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? Three squares? You can't spare three squares? No, I don't have a square to spare. I can't spare a square. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. And welcome back once again to Gag Reel, the very unnecessary and unasked for podcast where we talk about comedy flicks and occasionally comedy television and etc. and break down the jokes till they're not funny anymore. I am your host, Ryan Scanlon, and I'm joined, as per usual, by my brother, Will. Or am I? And my sister, Rebecca. Yo, yo, yo. How are you two doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing fine. My eye itches. All right, yeah, that sounds my like something. My eye does not itch. Good. Checked out. <laughs> Maybe get that looked into after the show, but luckily, you don't really need your eye much for podcast talking. I got to read notes, but it's it's my right eye. I don't like that one. I can read with my <laughs> other eye. Yeah, speaking of uh, strange medical conditions, we, we are talking about Kung Pao Enter the Fist today, which involves a lot of people just suddenly befalling to illness or horrible pain. Or and just then a plug of all your body organs coming out in one clean chunk. Just right. one clean chunk. Yeah. Yeah, so... This is, a, this is a strange comedy that almost has a straight-to-DVD quality to it, straight-to-VHS, but was surprisingly released to feature films, much to uh, audience... Released to feature sh- films? But was released to theaters uh, outside <laughs> of the home. Much to uh, critics' chagrin, which we will get into, this is one of our lower-rating comedy flicks that we will talk about. But the idea of this podcast is to, you know, appreciate some of these these comedies that, you know, are scoffed by the critics. So, talk about. So are we asking these critics? Are, are we imploring them to reconsider? <laughs> I think we should. I think uh, we, we should... Get on Steve Odiekirk's side here and, uh, and and appreciate this strange movie for what it does, but also maybe analyze and look at what the critics say and, and, and see, well, maybe we agree partially with them. I don't know, but strap in. Grab your bag of nuts. Grab your bag of nuts, because uh, it's time to talk about Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. 20th Century Fox invites you to feel the fury. Taste the passion. You are the chosen one. One day, all will be revealed to you. I'm I'm sorry? And witness the utter madness. So getting right into this, I'm this this is one I'm really excited to talk about with you two because this is the one I know you had never seen, Becca. Really curious to see Becca what, what you thought of it. Well, as you mentioned, it was my first go around. Um I started watching it and I was like, oh, interesting every single line is a joke there is no break period which is fine i would say i understand some people being like this is a bad movie but i also understand the what they were trying to do 
Mm. And I think people are a little harsh sometimes with their... You're allowed to not like this movie. Don't feel like just because, you know, I I have some comedy defense of it doesn't mean that you have to like it. Oh, my God. There is a sea of supporters on the internet for this movie. And so I'm almost terrified to talk too much trash about this movie because so many comments were... If you don't like this movie, you are badong. Same, same. I saw that too. Yeah. If you watch it on the tubes of use, um, for it's free, free there. It's free. With ads. It's free that was there. what J.R.R. Better... Tolkien famously called YouTube. Free with ads. <laughs> oh, the tubes of use. Got gotcha. you. I thought you. I thought you said uh, it's free with ads. That's what he called it. <laughs> now I actually think they're free with ad platform. I I had never really sat through a free with ad movie on YouTube, and they have some good stuff. I guess I'm late to the party, but um, compared to like. Tubi or Pluto mm. or whatever, like, or even Hulu, like, yeah. it's, it's nice to only watch a five second yeah, ad for real. versus a 90 second ad, you know? Right. Yeah, Hulu's is bad about that. No, YouTube yeah. isn't bad. Like, they have a lot of really niche movies from like the 50s and stuff on there for free, and it's pretty fun. I would say on my, on my first watching of it, it was a lot. Like, it was still, I, I found some good mm. moments. I really loved the narrator. Like, I thought the, the, Stomach plug gag mm-hmm. was funny. The dubbing was an interesting feature, which I have seen in other comedic martial arts kind of do that yeah. gag. But it's it's a good gag. Some gags went on a little too long. Yeah, I think that's a big part How, of problem I, with I, this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get into it just yet in terms of analytical, mm-hmm. but I feel like he felt way too bound by the rule of threes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like he would he would have a really good follow up joke that that like went with something, and then he he was like obligated. Okay, now I gotta do one more, yeah. and it was never as fun. There's a handful of sequences where it's a whole scene built around one joke, and it just kind of goes further than the the humor lasts. But the ideas for those original bits, I think, really work here and there. And like, there's always a great seed. I think in almost all the jokes. Yeah. Don't disagree with you. And this being a little bit of a slog, I think uh, it's a really front-loaded comedy in that there's it's so that much first comedy. Half hour. Yeah, there's so much funny <laughs> stuff. It's setting everything up, setting all the pins up, introducing all these characters. But the second act is a little bit of a slog. And uh, even though the ending is fun, I don't think, uh, especially the kind of next time on Kung Pao, really fun. Uh, but I, I don't think it ever can beat that first act. I did not think the stomach plug joke at the start of the movie was that funny. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when the guy came back and had it on a chain. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the guy on the bike yeah. with the like char- charging the electrical <laughs> thing attached to his nipples. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like, what is your purpose here? <laughs> what the hell is going on there? It's not from Tiger and Crane Fist, that's for sure. <laughs> Will, Will, what about you? Like, I know, yeah, you just kind of peeked in with yeah some thoughts but do you have any kind of overarching summation of uh what what you think this movie does or was to you this time around i had to watch it a couple times to figure out what i was feeling because there were mo- like it was just like there were moments where i was just like really out yeah. like uh uh, uh, uh. Mm. And then there were others that were so funny that it just kind of reeled me back in and i was like oh okay i'll defend this movie forever but then it would drag me out again and i realized like the absolute for me the funniest parts are him overdubbing tiger and crane fist Mm. when (laughs) when he inserts his own story 
into the movie, I feel like it's not as funny. And he goes for just generically absurd yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Like, I mean, like, re, like the 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 cow fight. Mm. Some people love it. I I I was I was not one of them. Uh, the uh, what was her name? Whoa. Uh huh. Eh, thought that was on. Uh, I don't. Uh, all the scenes that he kind of integrated into the movie. I there was a few funny ones. Yeah. But for the most part, it was it was uh you know in the hit or miss ratio. It was way more hit when he was just dubbing over the 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 you know like the seventy six Hong Kong movie Savage Killers or Tiger and Crane Fist yeah or whatever you want to call it because I actually sat through that one this morning the original oh that's amazing and some of that stuff is so funny just of yeah. how bad that movie is and that's uh that's something I I did see in some of the criticism of the movie. And that there is like, you know, there, there's a charm to a lot of these like, you know, these these Hong Kong movies while they were brought to America and really poorly dubbed and sometimes just butchered. And even from the start, a lot of these movies were really poor, poorly and cheaply put together. And there there's oh, yeah. a real comic charm to sitting around with your friends and kind of just enjoying a kung fu movie. And I feel like that's definitely yeah. what Oda Kirk was trying to to bring to this and uh i i know that and i know that when he recorded all of those dubbed voices it was just as like a placeholder thing he did that in the studio yeah and uh it was just him completely goofing off with himself and i'm guessing probably the engineer and just having a a good time and was intending on hiring real actors and stuff yeah but uh, it just, they all worked because I think he was loose and just having a great time. He essentially had to write the story while he was editing his, you know, like the, the, the move, mm. the, the 76 movie, like playing around with it. And he was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was placeholders for while he was writing it, trying to come up with lines yeah. that he could say over these other lines. And, and like specific, like the, the, the Wii U, Wii U, Wii was like just a gap <laughs> in her dialogue. And it was <laughs> two in the morning and he was just like, Wii and then they laughed for like 10 minutes. And then he was like, this is probably a terrible idea, but I'm just going to keep doing this. I think that like handmade quality of this film and that just kind of friends having fun aspect of it is I think why people are so passionate about it and why people oh, yeah. will, you know, scream into the ether of YouTube defending this movie because it, it just it has this kind of uh, this really great charm to it. Oh, yeah. It kind of makes you feel like you're making the movie with Odekirk and you're goofing off with him as you're going through it. Yeah. And I mean, I thought for a while I was like, well, what if this was just him him taking, you know, the the original film and just dubbing over it rather than inserting himself into the movie? And the more I was doing reading on that and the more I realized like that had actually been done a ton. Like there were there was in the 70s and 80s, there were TV shows that were specifically just uh, late night well, what, like old Hong Kong movies dubbed over mm-hmm. with, you know, like, and then on top of that, you know, that, that, that's just a concept that had been done a dozen times. The integrating himself into the movie was a relatively not brand new technology. It had been done like, uh, I'm thinking Woody Allen did it. Yeah. That's something I definitely wanted to bring up and talk about. And Steve Martin did it in dead men don't wear plaid. Um, <laughs> but it was never really integrated in quite this way. Plus, there was more technology mm. in the late in the early two thousands. Forrest Gump kind of broke open the doors to green screening yourself into old footage. Yeah. 
And so it was just more of a, we can do this and it won't cost too much money. Mm. And, and he said in interviews that he always wanted to put himself into a Hong Kong movie. And so I guess why not? It's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. It's funnier when it's just dubbed over, Mm. you know, I laughed hardest out of the whole movie with that damn ventriloquence scene. (laughs) And, uh, and then also when, um, yeah, when Master Tang, you know, like the the introductory scene when he, you know, like uh, when he goes into the the dojo for the for the very first time. And that day, I vowed to find the man who killed my family. Can you help me? And why have you come to me? You are Master Tang. Your skills are greatly known. I've traveled many years and miles to find you. How many miles would you say? Ten million. No, I don't think 10 million. (laughs) Like those two scenes are my absolute favorite sequences. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like with the other scenes, yeah, it's it's like kind of deflating at times Mm -hmm. because of its over the topness and it's bad CG. But I mean, why not just be silly? You know, just let it let it be silly. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other people probably got a whole bunch of more amusement out of it. But that's that's good for them. Will, did you have a kind of background section for this one there is so little information on the interwebs i watched one really badly filmed video of him doing a q a and (laughs) uh he talked about putting it together and so i found no articles about Uh it i watched uh a really bad stand-up set he did in the 90s i mean it wasn't terrible but it was very prop heavy Then I watched another interview he did, but he basically said the exact same thing he said in the previous one, you know, just about how he grew up loving Hong Kong movies and always wanted to be in one, mm. and um, and then talking about how he did it and yeah. so yeah, you br- you bring up Will, uh, you brought up Woody Allen, and that's something mentioned in pretty much every review of the movie, uh, every critical review is bringing up What's Up, Tiger Lily, 1966, Woody Allen movie where he kind of does a similar idea. Uh, he, he mocked over a, uh, a spy film, and um, mm-hmm. that's used against this movie a ton of like, you know, it was done 40 years before this, so <laughs> why do we need it? An entirely different style of humor. Yeah, like, and also like Steve Odekirk, as of right now, is not a horrible creep. So I think he won this yeah. fight. And so yeah. uh, maybe that comparison should be re-examined. Really should. And then, like, on top of that, like, was every review of Mystery Science Theater saying, oh, other people have done this before? Uh, like, really? <laughs> I was about to say, that's not a good argument because so many, I mean, that's been done since, like, the beginning of Since the beginning of film and bad movies, people have loved to make jokes about bad movies. Like, that's yeah. not a thing. Like This one writer, though, like, he ended his criticism with a great point which i think is kind of what i'm getting at and we've all touched around here so let me just read a little chunk of it this is from the um the san francisco chronicle in 2002 when this came out so this is towards the end of the review here uh cultural massacre with a goofy grin the narrator has a chicano accent which i'm going to talk about in a second Brawny warriors are are dubbed in ill-matching voices, and the dialogue is amusing on a fifth-grade Mad Magazine level. Odekirk does something else that starts out funny, but turns dull. He loops in dialogue as clumsily as possible so that words are never in sync with the actor's lip movements. Uh, I saw the same gag on a SCTV spoof of Italian movies 
nearly 20 years ago. It worked better then, and then here we're getting to where I'm getting at. Full of flatulent jokes and mild sexual references, Kung Pao is a kind of movie that's critic-proof simply because it aims so low. Who can get upset by a kickboxing cow that uses its teats like fire hoses to mow down the chosen one? And yeah, that's a very mean way of, I think, what we're kind of saying here of like, this movie is just aiming to be a silly romp and nothing else, really. And so I feel like it's kind of hard to dunk on this movie when it does miss the mark because it's just so kind of carefree in its endeavor. Yeah. I actually thought about a a way you can actually view this from a deeper perspective. Mm-hmm. It does not work, but <laughs> um, the fact that not only did he dub over all the the original movie and filmed additional sequences to change the original film's story yeah. entirely, as well as put in himself, a white man, into this movie is a joke on how hard America tries to Americanize mm. foreign footage similar to the power rangers a decade before this movie you know let's let's get let's get some americans in here and and just throw in the little the fight footage whenever they put on their suits and uh i don't think it works entirely because no i i i I, but i'm saying like if you want to defend it then there's a defense that you could probably find a make maybe at least write a two-page essay over yeah becca I, i don't know if we were telling you this but me and will were thinking about maybe doing a debate with this episode making it like like we did with joe dirt where one of us would one of us would aggressively defend kung pao and the other would uh you know aggressively attack kung pao but uh, yeah, I think it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't seem to offend that horrible enough to make it that interesting to do that with. Yeah. I mean, Joe- It'd just no. be a circle. And, and not that Rotten Tomatoes metrics mean anything, but comparing Joe Dirt with this, this actually has about six points higher than Joe Dirt. And, no way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I kind of see why a little bit. I do, but I just- I. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, me neither. I was kind of surprised by that. But uh it's the mullet. <laughs> Speaking of mullets, man. You can't call <laughs> what Betty has as anything other than the super mullet. Yeah. It's like it's I'm so it's so mullet. It's past mullet. <laughs> it's the super mullet. Yeah, Betty is is one he was Going back to like watching this as a 12 year old, who I think is like the core audience of a movie like this, you know, I think Betty was my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like he was, he was also the easiest because yeah. uh, after watching the original film, mm-hmm. there's so, he's just there. <laughs> you know, he's got these pyramid triangle <laughs> things on his chest that they say is his weakness, but they never explain <laughs> why they're his weakness. And, um, and, and, and he's got this hairdo mm. that's just what what <laughs> it's a perfect cut right past the ears <laughs> what is he doing and it's just it's the perfect villain that it's just like the comedy is just there i have been called bad before many have said i do things that are not correct to do I don't believe in such talk as this. I am nice man with happy feelings all of the time. First, a joke. What do you get when you cross an owl with a bungee cord? 
My ass. <laughs> and I, I, I'm wondering if that's why I think the uh, the dubbed over sequences are the funniest because so much from that movie just makes no sense. Yeah. Like um, Ma- Master Tang in the original movie has these coughing fits uh. that never get explained. <laughs> He's just walking around and then suddenly... <laughs> and then there's the scene with his old... Um, well, in the in the original movie, it was his. Um, there was the school that taught the tiger, okay. the, the tiger fighting style, and the other school that taught the crane fighting yeah. style. And so these two guys were friends, and they decided that they would fight each other and decide whoever won, whether it would be called the tiger and crane or the crane and tiger. And then they each get into this weird thing at the end where it's like neither of them really wins. And suddenly they're like, well, fine, we will go our separate ways then. <laughs> and, um, and so in the move in this movie, it's um, what a civil discourse too. like, <laughs> yeah. even if I win, we're still going to include your name in the name of the school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, exactly. But in the movie, it's Ling's uh, father. Like that whole sequence where he's like pushing on the wound Uh. is in the original (laughs) footage. And it's just as weird there where he's just like, oh, don't die. And he's like just pushing and pushing on it. (laughs) And in in this movie, the dub over is perfect. It's just like, why are you doing that? Stop doing that. That hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, speaking of like, you know, the dubbed stuff. I wonder if this is just me, but it, it really felt like the, the whole Master Tang character slash narrator character was a kind of cheap um, triumph, the uh, the insult comic dog kind of impression. It maybe maybe like a little subconscious, right. but uh, it's it seemed yeah. like the whole rhythm of it was very Robert Smigel. If he really wasn't <laughs> planning on using these voices, I could see him just blatantly just doing whatever for everybody, uh, like placeholder voices here and there, and and then he would hire a real narrator later. Yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, I don't mean that as a, a outright criticism, but there is a lot of like just uh, overt kind of um, I, I'd say like it's right on the brush, brushing the line between homage and outright borrowing of comedy yeah. bits. Uh, there's so oh, much yeah. Python in there. There's so much of the Holy Grail. There's too much Python. Yeah, definitely. And I, I know I heard him in an interview say that, like, you know, th- this is the kind of comedy he had wanted to do and like just couldn't in any of the movies he had written. And so, like, he finally had an excuse to just do like, you know, an ode to his youth and like Monty Python. And uh, but I do think there was a, a, just so many jokes that were just like a little too far from borrowing there's the like zoom in yeah. bits of like when Lancelot was running up to the castle that he outright oh, stole. Yeah. There's like the quick zoom kind of a uh, moment that I did like his touch of there being like the random like bombshell model lady there. Oh yeah, but that was just another Python bit. I I actually laughed even harder when it, they like when they were going uh-huh. there and they just started randomly zooming in on all the other yeah. guys. I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> But yeah, the, the, and and I and I feel like also like where it was strictly just dubbing over is also where the concepts were a little more original. Mm. To have the character Wimplow, who in the original film is the secondary main character, yep. just kind of have squeaky shoes, and and he's and, peop, and they're losing their damn mind over the squeaky he, he's shoes. Trained, uh, he's trained. He's rained wrong on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding. 
making me the victor. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the characters <sighs> that they developed throughout just yeah the random, the random overdubbing were some of the best. Like the the that's a lot of nuts guy just kind of screaming everything. Yes, just a strange <laughs> yes. character, strange unnecessary <laughs> character in, in the best way. I I do like that it's at the book the beginning when he's like uh what does he say he says we taught him kung fu um incorrectly yeah. on purpose oh, yeah. as, a, as joke. a joke some of his some of his stuff was still pretty funny like i i i still laugh just thinking of that rubber baby rolling yeah. down the hill and then getting picked up by the lady and then rolling again uh, yeah. just roll yeah just dropping yeah. it back down like bye-bye yeah. Yeah, that was a, gr- a great one. Um, you know, on that note of stuff he added in, and also on the note of that's a lot of nuts. There's a, a real, there's a strange running motif through this movie of animal related humor. A lot yeah. of animal gags. Yeah. But and some of them I yeah. think really worked. Some of them did not. But it was just an interesting thing of how much of that there is. And I, I to cap it all off, I do love at the very end where uh, he he puts down the squished squirrel. And it uh it kind of animates off screen there. Is it there's a strange amount of touches here and there of actual animatronics and puppets that you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect in a movie uh of this low of budget that's mainly spending its budget on uh on CG and blue screening. Uh, right. I know that's where he said yeah. like pretty much that's the only reason this movie cost anything was from the CG that they used because I mean primarily mm-hmm. he's the only performer i mean they added in a hand a few and then they did have some scenes where they had to build full sets a lot of the like full-on kung fu fight scenes like they were building sets so that they could have uh him in that and then uh have the extra kind of people there as well but that's about it so much of this was just either exterior shots of him walking in grass kind of as an homage to kung fu and stuff like that or mm-hmm. the opening bit with him partying with the desert creatures always gets me too i think that's a great <laughs> gag mainly because it's just like a rubber I, snake he's dancing with and so i just i love the laziness yeah. of it I, I i like that whole bit you know like and so he walked and sometimes drove <laughs> and sometimes partied with the desert creatures. And this is I feel like I noted this more than before, where this is definitely the the work of a uh, a comedy screenwriter. Like he knows exactly where to hit his beats, even though some of this like could have definitely been rewritten and uh, honed down and sanded a lot. There's definitely like a rhythm here of a seasoned comedy writer, and that most of the scenes in an end in a gag. And usually end in a great gag and as a transition into the next one. Even like some of the slower scenes, like uh, one, one of the big early kung fu fights with him just out in the hills. Uh, that wasn't particularly interesting. It ends with this just artery exploding as he's like screaming. And it's just a fun yeah. kind of transitionary gag yeah. out of that scene and into the next one. And most scenes yeah, have a good his... moment like that. Yeah, absolutely. That one was his big. I get that was probably the most Bruce Lee spoof yeah. out of the the mm. movie, and mm-hmm. that's how Bruce Lee sounded. Yeah, that's his thing. And so, yeah, I'm big in the martial arts world. I mean, I think everybody knows that. You know, it's time for the others to move over. I mean, I'm 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 like the real deal. I'm talking fight moves. You know, you don't see that a lot. That's what I bring. Steve is setting a precedent. He is really going to change the way that martial arts are being looked at. Steve's style is unlike any other I've ever seen. 
I need gopher chucks. Yeah, I think um, even though this is a strange one, even though it is very similar to a lot of other uh, bits, there's not a lot of other movies like this that are like this handmade, but also went to theaters and I don't know. So, but uh, I think I'm going to challenge us all here in giving recommendations to similar movies. Do, do either of you have any off the top of your head while I think about mine? We've done this one before. What, what do you mean? But... I'm throwing Pootie Tang out. Oh there. my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing like this, but it's it also is, a lot yeah, like in this. That, like, it's spoof, but also <laughs> doing its own thing. Yeah, I get it. It's bo they're both glorious messes. Yes, that's the best way to put this. Yeah. And they both have a much stronger first half hour mm -hmm. than the rest of the movie. I don't think I have anything homemade. I did write a bunch of things down that like have like one thing yeah, maybe similar. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the parody aspect or the so my my first thought, because I really like, like I said, the narration segment is very funny to me. I was like, well, George of the Jungle has a similar, like, funny fourth uh, uh, wall-breaking yeah. narrator, kind of. It's also a parody of Tarzan. So That is a fact. I'm, there is, I wrote George of the Jungle, and I also wrote Beverly Hills Ninja. That's also kind of, yeah, a mess of a movie. Yeah, I had a... Uh, just, that just was a mess also of a kind of spoofy and like, also has a white man where it probably shouldn't be. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, similarities. Right. So those are those are my two recommendations. If you want two mm -hmm. weird romps, they're rides and they're fun. I actually watched George of the Jungle recently and I think it still holds up to date in some aspects. Still a fun romp. Okay. What about you, yeah, Rye? um... Someone mocked uh, one one of the critics for this movie mocked the uh, the the cow bit as being as unfunny as the cow bit from the Zucker Abraham Top Secret. So you know what? If you liked Kung Pao Enter the Fist and you've never seen Top Secret, I think you would enjoy it. I'll admit that I also didn't really like the cow bit in either of those movies, but yeah. I do think that the uh, the sense of humor is really similar, and there are a lot of jokes in Kung Pao that feel really Zucker Abrami to me, and just it, its level yeah. of zaniness, and also just the uh, the rate of jokes, and that like those movies are 100%. You're not there really for the characters in any way. You're just there for the jokes, and they're one after another after another, and they're just there for you to have a silly time. Yeah, um, it's kind of like if the Zuckers tried to make a Monty Python film set in uh, a Hong Kong style yeah. film. Like, you know, get rid of all the intellectualism of Monty Python. Just straight up silliness. <laughs> sure. And how far can we yeah, take this? Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, and by Python-esque, I mainly mean the Holy Grail because I feel like that's definitely oh, yeah. their silliest and definitely what this is ripping from the most. Yeah. Yeah, the Holy Grail and then some some sketches in Flying uh, Circus. But yeah, I think those are all great recommendations. And um, I think we should get to closing this one out. I don't have much else. Come back next week for more Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. And as always, Becca, what are the plugs? Where can people reach out to us? The plugs. Oh, gosh, I just put those down. Um, okay, so we have a website. No um, if you would like to go... Yahweh. Um, if you would like to join us there, it is gagrealpod.com. Mm. GRP.C. Our 
What'd you say? GRP.C. Oh, yeah. If you want to go to our email, it is gagreelpod at gmail.com. GRP.C. Yes. Um, and if you want to go to our Facebook, it is gagreelpod at Facebook. Yeah. I think we have. Yeah, it's the Which same thing. The same. Just, uh, just Google Gag Real Pod. You'll find something. It might not be us, but it probably will be. It, 90, 90. There's not like that it. many sure. other As long as there's the pod. Real. If you put Gag mm-hmm. Real, then you're not going to And I promise to read all of your posts and maybe respond. If not if you're Judy Williams, though. Man, Duty, calm down. Uh, I said some horrible <laughs> things this week in regards we to, had to, uh, cancel, to Young yeah. Frankenstein. And uh, I, I, I had never heard any of those opinions, not a single one about anything. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I was like, wait, somebody thinks like that? It, uh, yeah. But I'm not going to let that disparage me. I'm not going to let let, uh, let duty under my skin. So I got, I got nothing else. Have a good one, everyone. Keep it real. Yeah. It's over now.